0: This is Madeline. And this is Cammie. And you're listening to the Communities at Convert podcast, episode number 49. And today we're talking about my favorite topic Twitter! <laughs> and we're learning from the master! Yes!
1: So today we're going to be talking about Twitter and how you can build a better and bigger community on Twitter. And Madeline has done this in spades. So I'm going to ask her a couple of questions. I have some ideas of my own, but really I want to talk to you, Madeline, today about how you've done this and just kind of pick your brain. So all the times people wanted to pick your brain, this is what I'm doing now. I'm doing it for all those people out there that want to pick Madeline's brain. Let's do it. Awesome. Let's Let's, yeah, let's do this. Let's do this thing, right? So you can send them this episode if they ever ask you, what, you know, can I pick your brain? Yeah, just send go them listen to this, this episode.
0: Go listen <laughs> to episode number 49. And what's cool about this episode we're doing, we're kind of loosely basing this off of an article I wrote for Marketo last year. It's called The Top Tips for Successful Community Building on Twitter. And so Kimmy and I thought this would be fun if Kimmy kind of interviewed, did like interview style. And we go over some of the items that were in this article.
1: Yeah, I love this article. So I really wanted to get this out on like recording so that we could have it for posterity and for you to hear what Madeline has to say about this, because she had some really great things to say. So I'm going to jump right in and just start at the beginning. And one of the first things that you recommended was building a strategy for using Twitter. And that sounds really good. Like, you know, let's build a strategy. But how do you do that? How do you create a strategy for using Twitter that kind of fits with what you want to do?
0: Well, you know, it doesn't have to be like a fancy strategy. It doesn't have to be this long, drawn out, written thing. I don't want people to get scared away by that. You know, I'm talking about having a clearly defined plan and strategy in place. Like know what it is you're going to do. Try not to be doing this by the seat of your pants, because when you do that, you're not really setting yourself up for success. So you want to have like clear and trackable actions that are tied to your business goals. So you do want to kind of write down some of your thoughts on this so that you can put something together because when you are trying to build up your community and get them engaged, you will have a better chance of reaching them, of building influence, all these things when you have a plan in place. And you want to always be thinking about how can you engage and get connected and get people to respond to you and just be empowering them. So yeah, it's really important to have a strategy in place. Do you do that, Kimmy?
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, one of the things that you're saying there that I think is really important is you're talking about what you're going to give to your audience. Like what is it that you're going to bring to the table that matters enough to them for them to show up week after week to talk to you or whenever you tweet at them that they actually respond to you. Also knowing what your business goal is. I think that's really important too, because we can spend a lot of time, you know, making friends on Twitter, but what does that lead to for both them and for us? So I do like the idea of having a strategy. And certainly, you know, if you do something like a Twitter chat, which we'll talk about in a little bit, people need to know when it is and they know when they have to know when to show up and um, you can't be too inconsistent with that. So There's other ways, though, also of building an audience on Twitter besides Twitter chats, but we can talk about that in a bit. But you know, what is the kind of content that you can use on Twitter? to, And how do you plan for that content? So you have a strategy, what kind of content should you be putting on Twitter?
0: Oh, there's so much to choose from, you know, I mean, I do such a variety of things. And I think it's important to do that. I do all different types of tweets. I try not to make it just, oh, let me share a headline with a link. You know, so many times businesses especially will just be like, let's just post all of our blog posts on here. And just, you know, it's a headline and a link and a headline and a link. And that gets old really quick. It gets boring. You want to jazz it up with images and videos as much as possible. But in addition to, you know, posting your typical tweet, There are other ways of using Twitter with your content creation. You know, Moments is a great underutilized feature. And we've talked about this in previous episodes. And Moments is something I love to use. And I will create Moments. And then you take that and you tweet them out, you know. And then you can, if it's evergreen content, like with me, I use it with Twitter chats. So I'll host a Twitter chat we go and create basically a recap. It's just a moment is basically curating tweets together. You know, you just take a group and we just talked about moments in in our last episode, but this is where I will do something like we do the Twitter chat. I'll take kind of like the best of tweets and put it out as a moment. And then I will tweet it out. And if it's evergreen, I will tweet it again. And again, I'll schedule it out to go out maybe the, the next day people love this. This is a great way to change things up. So it's not and the you same also put tweet. those in
1: social jukebox too, then as well.
0: Yeah, so social jukebox for scheduling tweets. And you know, we just had Tim Fargo on who we love. Yes, I will take my evergreen content for Twitter, and I will put them in the social jukebox. So that way, it can run more than once and it goes into basically an autopilot schedule. And then I don't have to keep worrying about these extra tweets you know back before social jukebox and this might be what some of you guys are doing right now is you tweet out something and then you got to remember to do it again and again and before you know it you have all these tweets that you're trying to juggle right and you might be using buffer or hootsuite what i used to do with hootsuite you can actually do a spreadsheet and put a bunch of your tweets i would take like evergreen tweets put them into into that into a spreadsheet And you have to have the pro account at Hootsuite to do this. And you can't do it on the free account. So then you go and you just put the spreadsheet in, you do it in one shot, and it just populates your Hootsuite with all of these tweets. And it's really cool. But then you have to go back and do it again at some point. And so the beauty of Social Jukebox is a once and done. I love that.
1: Yeah, it really is a great opportunity. I also use it as well, Moments, not Jukebox as much, but I use Moments to put together the Social Media Breakfast recaps. So we have like a lot of online activity around that live event every time. And so I'll put the live stream, which we do on Twitter, as well as Facebook, but I'll use in moments, I'll put the live stream, and then all of the tweets around it. So it's a really great way for me to share that out. And I've actually thought about recently doing another moment. that's all of the live streams just all together. So almost like a channel, you know what I'm saying, where you'd have all the live streams. And I I don't know, that just came to me a couple of days ago. So I'll probably put one of those together pretty shortly, too, where you could go back and watch any social media breakfast at any time. I think that would be really good. That's, good that's use of moments. Cool. So
0: absolutely. And you know, the thing is, with Twitter, we want to use it to storytell, we don't think about using it to storytell, we think about it for real time news, real time conversations, sharing our content, sharing our blog posts, sharing different things, sharing from the social media breakfast through moments. But use video on there. You know, we will easily go do an Instagram story, but we don't think about taking the same type of content and put it into Twitter. So let me give you an example. When I'm out walking my dog in the morning, I like to make little videos of him doing Instagram stories because it's quick, it's easy to do. But then I will also at times do the same thing, but over in Twitter because when I'm walking my dog and I'm using my phone with Instagram, I can do the exact same thing with Twitter. I can compose a tweet, flip it onto my camera and use the video camera feature and make a little video. Now I can do up to two minutes and 20 seconds. You get 140 seconds. It's kind of funny how it used to be 140 character tweets. So they come up with 140 second videos, which translates to two minutes and 20 seconds. Now I don't recommend long videos. I'm a fan of short videos because when we do Instagram stories, they're short. When we're doing Snapchat, they're short. So you can do the same type of thing with Twitter, but nobody really thinks to do that. So start thinking about how can you storytell through your tweets?
1: Yeah, it's a really great idea. And I've been thinking about starting a Twitter content kind of thing. So maybe I'll ask you about this right here. On Monday mornings, I just want to talk about what's trending, what's hot, what's new, and maybe even do it live so that people can ask questions and we can go back and forth a little bit. What do you think about that? Those kinds of live shows that happen? I I mean, I don't see them as much as they used to be. But what do you think about that?
0: I think it's a great idea. Because again, people don't really think about using video on Twitter, we use video everywhere, but Twitter, and we have the ability to do live video. You know, when you go to compose a tweet, you'll see that you can do a video camera, but you'll also see it says live. And you can tap on that and start a live stream right then and there. And if you have a Periscope account, it will immediately connect it through your Periscope as well. So, you know, maybe a few years ago, if you were using Periscope back in its prime and you still have followers, there are plenty of people that still use Periscope every day. So if you still have followers over there, your videos will show back up over there and, and they live on. So there's a lot of possibilities here. It's a great yeah, idea, Kami. I say go for it.
1: Yeah, well, and I'm already, I mean, I definitely am getting my, all of the uh, social media breakfast videos are on my Periscope. So they're there already. That's what still bringing them over to moments, I think would be a really cool, cool way to make that live on in a different way. So another thing that you use really, and I use, and really almost everybody uses to a certain degree, and some people don't even, but what are the best ways to use Twitter lists? Because Twitter lists, I think are underutilized, but by power users, I mean, we live and die by our Twitter lists. So how do you kind of talk to people about Twitter lists and why they're so important?
0: Well, Twitter lists is one of my favorite things. And I think it's another underutilized feature. They're so incredibly powerful because you have the ability to take a group of people, of businesses, anyone that's on Twitter and make your own feed, your own stream of tweets. So if you're like me and you follow a bunch of people on Twitter your feed goes crazy. It's an explosion. And it's too many people to keep up with, too many tweets, too much everything. So you create a Twitter list to kind of pare it down and basically create these smaller hoses of information that feeds through of these tweets that are feeding through it. So I like to create a variety of lists. I actually could use a self help group for this, Kami, because (laughs) I create too many you know, on a recent Twitter smarter chat, we were doing the topic of Twitter lists. And I asked a question to everybody, how many lists do you have? And everybody was like, 510, these really low numbers. And I go and I look at mine to see what's my latest 94. That's a lot. (laughs) How many do you have? That is
1: a lot. I don't know. I'm gonna have to look it up here really quickly. But yeah, I mean, you have a uh, lot. Uh, believe me, it's a lot.
0: Yeah, it's a lot. But I do uh, want to preface this with saying that if you go to my Twitter, you're not going to see 94 because I'm looking at mine. I'm logged into mine. It's going to show me both my private and public. And I do have a lot of private lists. And I'm going to talk about that in a moment. So you'll probably see maybe, I don't know, out of my 94 that I see total, I'm probably about 50-50. I do have a lot of private lists. So the number will be lower. But I love to make Twitter lists because I follow so many people back that I cannot possibly keep track of all of those different profiles with all the tweets they're putting out there. So let me give you some examples of some of the lists I have. And you can certainly go over to my profile and see them. One of my favorites is called Social Media Smarties. And so let me tell you a little bit about how I created this list. Years ago, in my early days of Twitter, I made a private lists. I like to make lists are from my eyes only. And I want you guys to be doing the same. If you're not already doing this, start making lists for your eyes only. These can be competitors. These can be different things that are just, you don't want anybody else to see. So I started one top social media marketers, but I wanted it to be from my eyes only because it was just something I was keeping track of. You know, who's making waves in social media and what are they, what are they tweeting about? So I called it, I just called it social media. And then after a few years, I realized I was basically curating a great list. So I changed it and made it public and I renamed it and I called it Social Media Smarties because by having a fun, cute name, when it's public and you add people to it, they're going to get a notification and it will be a singular notification. It won't be grouped in like when you do a like or a retweet, it'll be grouped in with other people that are liking and retweeting something. Like, you know, if I have a popular tweet, it's sometimes hard to get noticed when you're liking and retweeting. But when you add someone to your public list, they get that notification. It's great if it's a fun name because it'll stand out to them. So now when I add people and they, Madeline Sklar added you to her social media smarties list, you know, they're going to take notice of that. And I'm creating a fun list is helping me. But it's also helping other people with it being public, people can subscribe to it. And I love that feature, Cami, because they can take, you know, my information I put together, I did the heavy lifting, you can just go subscribe. And now you've got all that same, you know, feed of the social media people that are these awesome people. Now, the only drawback is by subscribing to it, you cannot edit it. So you can't say, well, I don't want Madeline Sklar on this list. I want to take her off this right. list. You don't get to do that is whoever created the list. But I have found that sometimes you stumble upon an amazing list. It is totally want to subscribe to it. I also have one that I call my Twitter Smarter Podcast. So for my podcast, and you've been on the podcast, Cami. Every time I interview someone for the podcast, I add them to this public list because it's a way for me to have a nice list of people. Other people can come subscribe to it because who doesn't want to look at all the tweets of all these great people that were on this podcast talking about Twitter? So you can come up with really cool and unique lists. Another thing I'll do is if I'm going to a conference, I'll go create a list specifically of the speakers that I want to go see. Now, typically the whoever, like let's use social media marketing world as an example. Mm -hmm. We love to talk about them a lot on this podcast. When they do their conference each year, social media marketing world, they will create a Twitter list of all the speaker, all 250 speakers they already did the work. Why should I go start over and do that for my list? Like, let me just go subscribe to it. Done. But then what I'll do is I'll go create my own of like, maybe just the speakers I want to go for sure see. So that way, I don't want to forget who I want to see. I now have their their Twitter profile right in front of me. So if I'm watching their presentation, I'm like, what's their Twitter handle? I've got it right there on the list. So I can easily go and grab it. Another list I'll create, leading up to the conference or an event, people that I'm talking to, and I want to be sure to connect with them in person, I'll create a list and put them in it. Because many times what I'll do is prior to a conference, I go to the official hashtag. So again, social media marketing world, you know, I go to the hashtag for months, because it's such a big conference. So months leading out, I'll go and I'll be tweeting, I'll be connecting with people making new contacts. And maybe someone I want to go meet in person, so I'll start curating a list from those connections. So it's really endless what you can do with this. Another list I came up with recently was, you know, as you know, I'm a big fan of podcasts. I listen to lots of podcasts. I created one called My Favorite Podcasts. Really simple, and I just started putting them in there because I want to have a list of all the ones I like, and maybe someone will find value in it and subscribe to it. And I've had some subscribers. So. You can have a lot of fun with this with both public and private for your eyes only.
1: Yeah. And I use them both ways too. I actually just looked it up. I have 68 lists. So not as many as you, but I'm kind of trying. You're getting Um, up there. I'm trying real hard. But yeah, I've done the same kind of things. I've made lists of different people. I've also have lists of journalists because I'm in the PR industry and some of those are private to me. I have podcasters in Houston and I have social media breakfast people that are, you know, regulars that I can keep up with them that way. I do also do a lot of research for clients. So I'll put together a private list to find influencers in that particular vertical, uh, which may have nothing to do with what I do. So it makes it very easy for me to find these people and follow them and keep up with them. And then turn those over to my clients and say, these are the people you should be watching and listening to. Here's a group of journalists and they can subscribe to my lists, or we can recreate those lists over on their sites as well. So there's a couple of different ways you can use this that I think are amazing. But lists are really the only way if you have a large following to keep up with who and the things that you want to keep up with. So I would just think that yeah, I have to agree completely. I hope if you're not using lists that you will take well, the time to put yeah, some that together. we're
0: inspiring you to do. it. I, I do so. want to mention that Twitter list is the best way to easily monitor conversations on Twitter. So that is one of the best benefits to using this. And I do want to say that the best tool for monitoring these lists is Hootsuite. But if you prefer TweetDeck, TweetDeck, they're both pretty much identical. I'm a fan of Hootsuite. I use Hootsuite every day. What I do is in Hootsuite, but same thing in TweetDeck, you have columns. And what I do is I have columns of the top lists that I want to pay attention to. With Hootsuite, you can only have 10 columns up. And, and you know, and I have some of like, you know, my tweets and my scheduled tweets and like, you know, some of those. But I'll reserve at least half of of my columns specifically for lists. I'll put my top lists in there. And, Kami, I tell you what's amazing about this is that like right now I could open up Hootsuite and just very quickly scan and in two seconds see what's happening, what's going on you know, and that's the benefit. That's the beauty of it. Because sure, I could go over to twitter.com. And I could go look one at a time. And it's a little slow. But I could go into Hootsuite or TweetDeck and real quickly see a snapshot of a lot of things that are happening on Twitter right now. So, so how, does do you, something- how do you
1: create your list, though? I mean, there's some tools I know to do it. But I mean, do you do them manually still just by pulling down the little arrow and saying add to lists? Is that how you do it?
0: I do. And and the beauty is you can do it from your phone or you can do it from your browser. You can do it from Hootsuite or other third-party tools. I will typically do them in Twitter. I use the Twitter app on my phone, on my iPhone a lot, but I can also do it from the browser. And you just go and you create new lists and you put people in it. And many times I'll start with the privately just to kind of see and feel out what exactly am I trying to put together. But do keep in mind, if you start private and you put people in it or businesses in it, they will not get the notification. And if you change it from private to public, it's not going to send them a notification. They will only get a notification if it was public. I mean, if I switch it to public, right, let's say I have a Twitter list and I started it private and I have five Twitter profiles in there. No, none of them got a notification. Now let's say I go in and I change it from private to public, which I could do right now. None of those people are gonna get the notifications, but starting now, if I add you, Cami, you'll get the notification and then the next person, yeah. So keep that in mind when you're creating these. If you want people from the start to get a notification, because you know, I tell you what, there's so many different, I think I've named off like so many different ways of using Strategies, it. Strategies, yeah. <laughs> I don't yeah. always use it as a strategy of, oh, I want people to see that I added them. That's usually not the reason I add. But some people want that to be the reason why, to get attention. But Twitter lists is, is just a, a great way to do this is to, you know, go and spend some time creating them. You can always adjust, you can always tweak, or you could start on your phone and then go into your browser and do more there. So much flexibility.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I again, I'm just going to stress that media lists are really good in Twitter because most media organizations and people that are in the media use Twitter a lot. So it's a really great place to connect with media in my experience. So that being said, lists are there. Oh, I want what? to mention one more one thing,
0: more thing sure. though. I got a total power tip I just thought of. Super okay. power tip. Cool. Let's say you're on a Twitter list and let's say it's some crazy person and you're like, I don't want to be on their Twitter list. Why are they adding me to this list? OK, but you don't want to unfollow them. Maybe they're not even a crazy person, but let's just say you're on a list. and You don't want to be on that list the way you you can't just go and get yourself off the list. You can't say, let me uncheck a box. It doesn't work like that. You could ask them to take you off the list, but sometimes we don't want to do that, right? Especially if we don't know them. So what you do is you go to their profile and you block them. That will take you off the list and then you put it back. So you block them and and then unblock it. And it's just a real quick... So by blocking them, you know, we don't usually go and block people, right? I mean, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe unfollow, but not go block unless they're super crazy. But blocking them will just remove you from any list that person's put you on. And then you just go back to, you know, unblock right back. Now you can't keep going block, and block, block and block. You know, Facebook does the same thing. They give you like, I think a 24 period or 24 hour period or 48 or some kind of period because they don't want people to keep doing that back and forth, you know.
1: Well, I mean, if they keep re-adding you to the list, you may just want to leave them blocked.
0: True. But it's just a little, little tip that if people are adding you and you, absolutely do not want to be on that list for, you know, lists, you know because yes, sometimes people will go create some inappropriate list and put you on it. So yeah. that's just a little, just keep that in tip. the back of your mind that like, yes, there is a way to get yourself off of a list if you want to be off the list.
1: So I love that. So yeah, I mean, that's a really great strategy because these things can happen. And honestly, that could happen to somebody. So always knowing how to get out of it is a good thing, too. (laughs) Uh, Also, keeping in mind what you're doing, if you're making lists, remember how it's going to impact the people that you're making the list of. So I do think that in both ways, that's a good way to think. The other thing I want to talk to you about, which of course, is your mega strategy, which is Twitter chat. This is definitely your mega strategy. You have perfected the Twitter chat with Twitter Smarter and with social ROI. So can you talk a little bit about what you've done with that? And why Twitter chats?
0: Gosh, where do I begin? I just love Twitter chats. I mean, what better way to connect with like minded people on a regular basis than a Twitter chat. So let's start with my Twitter smarter. I started this chat three years ago, we're actually about to celebrate the three year anniversary. And I put it together because I simply wanted a place to place where we could talk about Twitter and share Twitter tips and Twitter marketing strategies. And I had started the podcast and I knew I also wanted to start a chat. So it's bringing together people that are like-minded. So I knew this would attract other social media marketers. So that was my target. And I figured it would also attract business owners, startups, solopreneurs, different types of business people that just want to learn how to better use Twitter. And so I made this a weekly chat every Thursday at one o'clock Eastern. And it's just been this amazing place, Cami, You've been on there as a guest and you've Mm -hmm. you've come on as a participant. It's a great place to just come on, meet people. You will meet people faster in a chat than anywhere else. When people say to me, Madeline, Twitter is like a ghost town. I just cannot connect with anybody. Nobody listens to me. I always say, go to a Twitter chat. And you will totally change your perspective on Twitter because when you're Mm -hmm. surrounded by other people that are like you and you all are talking about a topic that interests you, you're going to make new connections. I've seen people meet on my chat and go off and collaborate together on projects, which is amazing.
1: Right. And it doesn't just go around the Twitter chat. I mean, people talk all week that are at these Twitter chats. It doesn't just happen during the chat itself, which I think is really cool.
0: Yeah. So the Twitter chats are typically like mine is the typical is weekly for one hour, but there is a lot of conversation leading up. There's a lot of conversation afterwards. So there is lots of conversation that revolves around that, whatever the hashtag is, and there needs to be a hashtag that, you know, in my case really represents what it is you're trying to do. So Mm -hmm. I was already using the Twitter smarter hashtag as part of my brand, actually several years before I even launched the podcast and the Twitter chat. It's so funny when I tell the story because people assume the chat came first and usually a hashtag you know, is associated with starting a chat, but I actually started it as a way to just connect people together through the hashtag. Hashtags were still a really big thing in 2013 when I started this as a way to do searches and connect. Over time, it wasn't as needed for search. Search used to be, it had to be a hashtag. And then they developed search to be where you could just type anything in and did not have to have the hashtag symbol, which was nice. But I wanted to use it to bring people together. And that's worked really well. People come together, they talk, they have a great time. And anyone can start a Twitter chat, Cammie. I mean, there, some people say, oh, but Twitter chats, they're not as popular anymore, which is not true.
1: People don't how many, how, your, your reach, Your reach on your Twitter chat is still... It's pretty
0: massive. It's crazy. I will pull up right now my most recent chat stats. And I tell you, Cami, it is amazing. I mean, for me, it's about the people. It's not about the numbers. I mean, I'm all about having a great conversation with great people. But my most recent chat was yesterday with Christine Gritman, who's an amazing social media strategist. Our conversation was building business opportunities with Twitter chats and hashtags. How perfect with this conversation. (laughs) And here are the numbers. And this is pretty cool. Now, keep in mind, I do have a very, very popular chat. Been going on for three years. So these numbers reflect that. So we had 1,292 tweets. That's a lot. We had 119 profiles. So that's how many. There's basically the number of tweets were how many people had pound Twitter smarter in their tweet yesterday And I'll do it like in a four hour period. I'll do typically when I'm doing this, I do two hours before the chat and then two hours after the chat. So I have a nice window because people do talk before and after, but most people are talking during that one hour period. That's when you'll see the spike when you're doing like the stats. Nine million reach. So how many profiles are we potentially reaching? And this is potential because it doesn't mean nine million profiles saw these tweets, but when they calculate the numbers, how many tweets, we're doing the hashtag, how many profiles, you know, the numbers come out to that. So, and that's very typical week after week It's if you look at my stats, you'll basically see nine to 10 million for the reach each week. The impressions is taking the reach and multiplying the number of followers they have. And so the reach, uh, the, I'm sorry, the impressions we had, 17 million on this particular chat, which is also just amazing. And we usually have like in the 15 to 20 million impression mark each week. So this is not typical. This chat is very fast moving, lots of tweets. I would say your typical chat will be a little bit under of this, maybe at about three quarters of this. And then some chats are a little bit slower paced, not as many people on it. There's all different type of chats. But again, I think it's not so much about how many people show up, how many tweets are flying by. I actually like when tweets are a little bit, the chats are a little bit slower and I can actually read every tweet. I will say my Twitter Smarter Chat, there's so many tweets. I have a hard time keeping up and I cannot see every tweet. Yeah, nobody sees the video right now.
1: But my eyes are super wide. I've been a guest on this chat a couple of times. And I'm going to tell you that it is challenging to be a guest on this chat, you have to be on your game. And I would say that, you know, all of your guests are probably saying the same thing afterwards, like, "whoosh."
0: I always get that I always get because we do the live stream right after I I host an after chat after and every time we hop on the guest will say things like, you know, Oh, my fingers are tired. Or, oh, I got calluses on my fingertips. Or I always hear all different types of things because it is—it's a very fast-moving, super fun, fun what and fast-paced. So uh, it's, well, it's I, amazing. I mean, I hour. would like to
1: think I did it pretty well because I always felt like, yeah, I you were great. You—you you were
0: really great. All my guests are great. I mean, I really pride There's myself no on—I <laughs> really pride myself oh, on picking great guests, you know. And that's yeah, a big part do. of it. I mean, really, anyone that's listening. You can start your own chat. You can go pick some guests and bring them on. But on the flip side, you don't have to have guests. When I was running my, it was called Gigi Chat, short for Go Girls Music, I was running the first, really the only for years, Twitter chat specifically for musicians. And I decided not to go the route of having guests. When you have guests, it's a lot of work. So what I did instead is every week I picked a topic. And we would just have whoever showed up, we would just have a discussion around that topic. And it was amazing. It was a very different way to do the chat, but it was a lot of fun and it brought in a lot more engagement. I t- but I will say Twitter Smarter has a lot of engagement because it does attract people that want to talk about Twitter. So there's lots and lots of engagement. But for GG Chat, it was just let's spend an hour talking about and it's like, OK, this week, let's talk about getting your music on the Spotify, you know, like, like different music business topics. And it was fun and it was a great way to make new friends. Kimmy, I saw people collaborate from that. I saw people connecting, musicians all around the world. That's the other thing too. When you host your chat, you have the ability to connect with people all over the globe. And Kimmy, hosting my chat at one o'clock Eastern means I can get a lot of people in Europe and they do come on from all over. And I get people from... India, I get a lot of people in India, it's nighttime, it's usually like around 1030 at night for them, and they come on the chat. And it's awesome, like to know that you are chatting with people on the other side of the globe. There's just nothing like it.
1: Yeah. And I mean, that's uh, well, my last question is about measurement, which you kind of already covered in large part, but part of the measurement is really about those collaborations and those things that come together from these kinds of community building activities on Twitter. But how do you measure? You talked about all these numbers. Where are you getting all these numbers from?
0: Yeah, let's talk about analytics. But but one thing I want, one last thing I want to say about Twitter chats is that I do have a list that I've been curating for years that you can go get that has all the top social media and marketing Twitter chats. So go to Madeline Sklar, and this will be in the show notes, but madeline.sklar.com slash chat list, one word, chat list. And that'll get you to my list. And definitely check it out because I have put together tons of chats of, and I have it by day. So if you're like, oh, it's Tuesday, what chats are going on this afternoon? You could just go look and see what's happening. And And if you have a chat you know of that's not on the list, that meets the criteria of social and or marketing, let me know and I'll add it. All right. Sorry about that, Cami. Let's no, talk it's about absolutely fine. I, I mean, I think
1: that's really important to find the places where you can have it, and we'll definitely have that in the show notes for you. Yeah. So, what tools are you using to measure your Twitter hashtags? Very simple.
0: I measure all of this on Twitter.com. You cannot do it on your phone; it's only on the browser. But if you go to your profile in the top right-hand corner, in the pull-down, you'll see Analytics. Now, a shortcut to that is just type in on your browser analytics.twitter.com. And this is going to take you to a page. And the first page shows you a 28 day summary. So basically, the last 28 days, how many tweets have you done? How many impressions? How many profile visits? Profile visits are important because this lets you know how many people have looked at your profile. So, Kami, this is a powerful measurement right there because, okay, I just want to say, when I first got on Twitter, and this was about 10 years ago, so I've been on Twitter a long time, the first year or two, I just kind of just typical, like, "Eh, I'll just tweet when I have time. So it wasn't every day. It wasn't consistent. And then I realized I needed to get consistent with this. I need to tweet every day. I need to have a plan. I need to have a strategy. And once I did that, the numbers started going way up. I started connecting with a lot more people and things just went into motion perfectly. Now, when I go and look at this 28-day summary, every single time, Kimmy, I'm blown away because when I look at profile visits, the number is mind-boggling. So are you ready for this? Yeah. Let's, let's have you guess. How many do you think, how many do you, so this is how many people went to my profile in 28 days? What, what number just, would you just guess to me? 2,000? Oh, No way, way <laughs> higher. Why don't, you, why don't you multiply that times 10? Wow. I have 20,000 profile views in the last 28 days. So here's what that tells me, Cami, is that when you're a power user, mm-hmm. you're going to get people seeing your profile. There's going to be eyeballs on your profile. The other thing it's going to tell you is go audit your profile. Make sure your profile looks yeah, no amazing. Kidding. Because if Mm -hmm. 20,000 people are viewing it in the course of 28 days, that's a short amount of time and that's a lot of people. That's more than probably seeing your tweets,
1: honestly. I mean, but
0: but even if it was 2000, for those of you listening and right now you're going, oh, let me go check and see what my number is. Even if it's 2000, go make sure your profile is amazing because those are eyeballs on your profile and they're going to make a decision right then and there. Do they want to follow you? are you going to be worth their time? Are they going to go click on your .com and go to your website, which we all want, right? So make sure you have a great profile picture. That's a good headshot of you. Okay. If if you're doing this as a personal branded site, make sure your header image at the top is, you know, this is real estate. This is you having the chance to tell the world who you are and what you do. Mine in very bold, says at Madeline Sklar, and then social media power influencer. And then underneath that, blogger, podcaster, Twitter smarter chat host, in all caps, is bold. It tells you exactly who I am and what I do. That's so important. And then super important is your bio. You get 160 characters, you want a bio that's reflective of who you are and what you do. You can put hashtags in, but don't make every word or every other word a hashtag. Only use hashtags to make something highlight and stand out or to send them somewhere. So like I have Twitter Smarter. I have Social ROI. Those are the two Twitter chats I host. I have CTC Podcast, which is this podcast. And another thing you can do that a lot of people don't realize you can do is to put a link in your bio. There's a place in your profile for your .com. So you definitely want to send people to your website through that. But in your bio, make sure you have space to send them somewhere. So for instance, right now, I'm taking registration for my mastermind program to help women with video and live video. So I actually have where it says, video like a rockstar mastermind and training program. And then madelinescholar.com/mastermind slash mastermind. That is so important to me right now. Once the program starts I'll adjust my bio you can do this at any time hit edit from your phone or from a browser and make changes and you can do it as often as you want but make sure it's reflective of you you can also put emojis in there you can do a lot to have fun with this but make sure it really shares who you are what your brand is what's your message 160 characters is not much but use all of it and and you'll get a lot in return and start Working on your Twitter. Start tweeting regularly, and then go check your numbers regularly. Go into the analytics and keep track of your profile views or profile visits, and you'll be amazed as you watch it climb. And I'm like, Kimmy. I just, I really cannot believe at twenty thousand. I really, it just blows me away.
1: Yeah, that's a lot. I mean, that's great, and it, and it makes sense. I mean, you're not going to get those necessarily. You know, if you're just you know starting, you're going to have like a lower amount, but doesn't matter who it matters. I mean, it doesn't matter how many it matters who it is that's coming to your profile and looking at you. So I do agree with you completely about getting that all under control. So about your Twitter smarter chat, how do you measure the hashtag on that? What tools are you using? Great
0: question. There are a lot of different tools out there. And some of them are super pricey. So you want to do a little research. The one I use is called social alert. We'll put the link to this in the show notes, but it's socialalert.net and it's spelled S-O-C-I-A-L-E-R-T, so socialalert.net. And I've been using them for over a year, love them. But there's also hash tracking, there's a variety of sites.
1: Yeah, and I use Tag Sleuth there. They're yes. okay. They You can get them for about $25 a month for three trackers, which isn't bad. I don't know, how much is yours?
0: off the top of my head i'd I'd have to go look it up and see off top of my head i don't know let me go click on the pricing real quick and i'll tell you so with social alert they start they have a starter at 995 a month and then it goes up from there depending on how many hashtag that's for two hashtag trackers which is actually really good as a starting point so Yeah. yeah i mean they're you know this is a really great way To keep track of a hashtag, if you are doing a branded hashtag, whether it's for a chat, whether it's for just branding it, because some people are doing that, like the way I was doing Twitter Smarter before my—I mean, I was doing it from. I also have a course called Twitter Smarter. I mean, I've been really developing this hashtag to be a brand for me, and you can do that, but just know that you cannot stake claim to a hashtag and say I own it. You know, you can't say sorry, Twitter Smarter is mine. You can't do that. But I recommend, you know, if you're going to try to brand a hashtag, which really ties into everything we're talking about here, find a hashtag that no one else is using.
1: Yeah, really I agree completely. And you do have to do a little search for that. All you have to do is open up your Twitter profile or the Twitter on your desktop or whatever and type in the hashtag to see who's using it and when it was last used. I always put that piece in for research whenever we're using any hashtag. And usually if you take over a hashtag, most people won't use it. Unless they're trying to hijack your hashtag, which Twitter is really working hard to get to stop. So we are completely out of time. So I want to definitely end with a call to action because I think if you don't take action, why did you even listen to this podcast? That's <laughs> kind of how I feel about it. So I um, totally
0: agree. We love the action takers and we shared a lot. This was a little bit longer than our usual episode because it was so much to share, Candy. So I think this was a lot of fun. I hope everybody listening got. At least one thing out of it, if not more.
1: Yeah. So we would like you to go over to our show notes at communitiesthatconvert.com, look for episode 49 Tips to Building Your Twitter Community, and sign up for Madeline's Secret Sauce to Boosting Your Twitter Presence. She's got a really great free resource that will go through some of this stuff for you and help you to put together a really great Twitter profile, amongst other things. Also, we want you to tweet. The biggest takeaway you got today using the hashtag CTC, which is Communities That Convert podcast, CTC podcast. So, if you can just tweet out what was the one thing you did get out of this episode, we would love that. We definitely monitor that hashtag. So, please, please tell us because we want to know what you got out of it.
0: And tag us. So, put at CamiChat and at Madeline Sklar in your
1: tweet. Yes, absolutely. So, that's what we want you to do. And I hope that you guys have a great Twitter account out there that we can come and see. So let us come and talk to you there. We are active on Twitter, both of us. So please let us know what you got out of the episode.
0: And then we'll see you back here next week. See you then. Bye. Bye. Hey, this is Madeline. And I want to let you know, you can connect with us on our website at communities You can get all the information in the show notes for this episode. And we also encourage you to visit us on our Twitter profiles. You can reach out to me at Madeline Sklar, that's spelled M-A-D-A-L-Y-N-S-K-L-A-R. And also to Cammy. her Twitter handle is at Kami Chat, and that's spelled K-A-M-I-C-H-A-T. We look forward to hearing from you.
1: Listening to the Communities That Convert podcast with Madeline Sklar and Cami Hoiza, where you learn how to build a tribe of raving fans. Stay in touch with Madeline and Cami through their website at
0: communitiesthatconvert.com.